You're listening to Behind the Impact, the podcast that looks at how the most philanthropic companies on the planet are making impact, as told by the very changemakers that make it happen. Hello and welcome to episode number seven of Behind the Impact. I'm your host, Jeremy Brown. In this episode, Olivia Khalili, VP of Global Social Impact and Philanthropy at PagerDuty, joins me to talk about her career in social impact and shed light on PagerDuty's social impact efforts. Olivia has an extensive social impact background, so there's a lot in this episode. Sit back, relax, and enjoy it. Let's get into the show. Olivia, welcome to Behind the Impact. Thanks, Jeremy. I'm really pleased to join you today. Very excited to learn more about your story, your background, and what you're doing at PagerDuty. So before we get into the latter, what I first would like to do is to learn more about your career and how you got into social impact. So let's start there. Great. So I got into social impact. The short answer, there's so many different ways to approach this, right? But one is the frustration and a little bit of disappointment. I had graduated, I was an international relations and a history major, and I had, you know, initially thought I was going to go into the foreign service. I loved looking at global issues and taking that lens. And I worked in international trade in a very corporate kind of capitalistic environment. I was working for the, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce at the time, and it really afforded me a lens into seeing the power of business as a driver and an influencer in a society. Um, but you know, the, the specific nature of some of the issues the organization was tackling were not in line with my own values. And so I kind of left that and, and went abroad to work in international development. And I lived in a small, in a small atoll, a coral atoll in the uh, Marshall Islands, which is in Micronesia. And that really afforded me this amazing perspective around international development and how different companies and foreign governments and entities were trying to deploy money in a certain area for various reasons. And what I could my biggest lesson from that, that there was no, there was no stakeholder participation from those local communities and those governments. And so, you know, many times there was very well-intentioned capital that was invested, but it was not, um, you know, there's no sustainability to it. So for example, in the capital, I lived in the capital of Marshall Islands and they created some new community centers that really were, very underutilized because they didn't, they weren't have the right geography, they didn't have kind of the right components, the right even architectural structure for the local community. Um, and so I, I took that experience and thought, well, I'm still very mission oriented and values oriented. What do I, where do I go next? And I joined a small consulting firm that focused on nonprofits and foundations. Because I thought, well, I'm going to do some trend spotting. I'll, I'll work as a consultant, I'll get to understand what are the challenges, the commonalities. The opportunities for different across different nonprofits, across institutional funders. And from that, you know, my kind of gleaned, wow, there is there's so many structural impediments to social impact work. You know, operating as a nonprofit, you have such regulations, you know, the you're incentivized and structured legally and financially to operate on, you know, on a fundraising model. And that really prevents a lot of risk. It's a very kind of risk-adverse model. Uh, and you know, it was at that time that I was in my mid to late 20s and I thought, well, what do I do now? I really did some head scratching. I had, I'd been a successful student. I always loved 
like school. And I was having a hard time understanding how do I show up in the world with my gifts? Like, where do I orient? And so I, I did, I really took a step back. I did a lot of reading, talking to different professionals in different industries. And it was this book called The Power of Unreasonable People um, by uh, Ellington is, was one of the, the co-authors of it. And it presented this idea of not a zero sum. You know, we think about business and social impact as very much zero sum. You either are maximizing profit or you are driving social impact. And in the industry examples that I had lived in, that was how it was, that was, that was how it was structured. Um, and that's what I found so challenging about it. But all of a sudden, this idea that was presented around you can, these can be mutually uh, beneficial, that you can use social impact as a viable business strategy. And you can also use capitalism to really drive positive outcomes in society. And so this was just, not only was it like a light bulb, but it was like, it opened up my heart and I thought, yeah, this is it. This really felt like it represented both my sense of values and also kind of my pragmatism. Um, and so that was in 2007, early 2008, I started writing about this. I started a blog and interviewing different leaders and doing my own research and writing about what I was thinking and observing in the blog. Uh, and I, that was called Cause Capitalism. And I continue to kind of build and build and parlay a career from that. Um, I, I work at PagerDuty now. I've been at the company for three years running our global social impact. And for those that may be unaware of what PagerDuty does, we are a digital operations management platform. And essentially that means that we provide a, a platform to manage urgent mission critical work that is essential to keeping not only digital services always on, but keeping, um, activating kind of real-time orchestration and response across different organizations, including many of our nonprofit customers. Uh, and prior to PagerDuty, I was at Yahoo, kind of helping to, not helping, but running the, the rebuild of Yahoo for good. So I've had all of these different experiences across different sectors that really informed how I think about impact. And so I think that is one of the important uh, kind of characteristics of my career is that I that journey of exploration and frustration really makes me a better professional because I can understand I have some more visibility and understanding and empathy into these different stakeholders. I have real curiosity about them. Uh, I used to quasi joke for many years that oh if only I'd wanted to be a lawyer like the path was so linear it was so defined and it is so challenging and hard to be on meandering paths sometimes you know and I've been working in this space for over a decade when it was it was not well defined there wasn't as many there wasn't really a full profession when I went to school there was no profession for this and so it has been um, very organic in that sense. And then the other piece, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna pause. But the other the characteristic of how I show up is that I consider myself an impact professional, and I'm choosing at this point in my career to do impact work within the container and the construct of a business. And that is important because it means that there are norms that I'm trying to break, but there are also norms that I need to be aware of and responsive to. And sometimes that's really exciting and empowering because empowering, you're thinking, how do I leverage all these assets of a business? And like, you know, investors are starting to care about more social impact and ESG and inclusion and diversity. And that feels like this real shift 
from when I started this work. But at other times, it's frustrating because you're in the middle of a business and the business has to report on the quarterly earnings. And you're thinking through, how do I get my agenda to the surface? How do I understand and influence people? So that perspective of doing impact work from within the container of a company is something I have to keep in mind and remind my team and colleagues uh, about as well. So there are several things that I want to kind of double click on. So one thing that you mentioned, social impact as a viable business strategy. Um, so I am completely aligned with you um, as it relates to social impact being good for business. Unfortunately, there are executives out there that haven't bought in just yet. They don't see the viability. So I was curious, can you explain that a little bit in more detail about how social impact can be good for business? Yeah, it's so interesting because I, I think that there's there's this trend line, you know, a, an advancing trend line of why this is good for business. You see that in the Larry Fink's annual letter to BlackRock and the shareholders around, you know, we need to incorporate this. You see it in the business roundtable and some of the, um, you know, the propositions and the commitments you're making. But then you see a bit more of this like Milton Friedman-esque creep, which is the, the purpose of business is only to maximize shareholder value and profit. And you see that coming, this resurgence of it with, I would say, um, kind of Coinbase and some other organizations that are saying, we are not interested in taking a political or cultural standpoint. Um, you know, if you want to work here, you show up in a very functional matter and that's it. So, you know, I think the, the ability of, a, of social impact to be a viable business driver is that it is a, it takes a wider aperture of stakeholders. And the more that you can understand who all of your stakeholders are, understand what their needs are, the more successful you are going to be. You know, if you have to just to take a very simple, simplistic example, if you have a family and you only care about one of your children as your key stakeholder, like the others, it, it is, you are not going to have the most successful family. And that one kid may really accelerate, but I would argue that that kid will accelerate further if everyone was moving together in a, a cohesive unit. So um, when you think about the different stakeholders, we think about, of course, our employees. And it is a incredibly hot labor market right now. So that is a key stakeholder to, con to consider. How are you ensuring that your employees, I would say, even how are you thinking about creating a an opportunity to drive purpose beyond just building a product or selling a product or supporting payroll. But what is that larger, that larger vision, that larger opportunity? And I think if you think about PagerDuty, I, you know, I briefly shared we're a digital um, operations management platform, which is somewhat esoteric. We, we sell software to other businesses. But when you look at how nonprofits are using us, it is powerful. So a couple of some of my favorite examples, and I can go back to some of our other stakeholders that we think about, but uh, so the Trevor Project, which has had has some great publicity of late, but they are a uh, LGBTQI global resource for youth, and they have a hotline, and they use PagerDuty not only to ensure that their, their technology supports always uptime, they cannot afford to have a, a digital failure or digital latency. They also use PagerDuty to help coordinate um, the fluctuations in their counselors. So to make sure that they have the right level of counselors 
to address um, urgent issues that are coming through. And also looking at kind of what is the correlation with some AI technology so that if people in the various chat rooms that the Trevor Project supports, if there is content that indicates suicidal ideation, they have AI um, and then they're leveraging PagerDuty as kind of an incident response so that they can address and remediate that as necessary. And we see many of our customers use us as for kind of crisis response. Uh, we have another story um, from an organization called SightLife and they do cornea eye restoration. And so they use us across a, a six person team to orchestrate action in real time to ensure that they can preserve cornea tissue within a critical viability window. So, um, so those are some of the examples of our nonprofit customers and how we think about creating purpose beyond just making and selling software. Uh, and I think you know a couple of other stakeholders to briefly mention would be our community partners. Who are those? Who are the partners in the communities where we live and work that we are in relationship with to ensure that they have voice to ensure that we understand what their needs are and we're supporting their needs. So I think when you map and all of these different, when you look at your stakeholders and kind of map what are the needs and opportunities, it layers very well on the operations of a business. And I think that's, you know, shifting slightly to kind of ESG as a framework and as a growing topic of conversation around investors and executives and people in my profession that ESG actually is a really nice map. I think it's different than social impact, but it, it really identifies um, very key and distinct areas for around social governance and environmental consideration that a company can then look to create value for and invest in to make sure that they are meeting these needs or filling these gaps. Moral of the story, social impact is good for business. Nailed it. <laughs> so now that gets me to PagerDuty, and I want to dive more into the social impact initiatives that the company is working on. So uh, PagerDuty.org, can you talk to me a little bit about that? Sure. So PagerDuty.org is the company's social impact arm. And we, ha as a company, have taken the pledge 1%. So for, I imagine many of your listeners are familiar with that, but if not, it is a, if a movement and companies can commit to 1% of their equity, their employee volunteer time, their product, their profit. Uh, PGD made a 1% equity commitment. Uh, and that fund was, those funds were used to then start our philanthropic program under, which is the pagerduty.org fund. We also engage employees in volunteering as a 1% of their time annually. So they receive 20 hours of paid volunteer time off. And last summer, we revised that policy to also include time off to vote and engage in nonpartisan um, get out the vote activities. And we have a, a product, 1% product commitment too. So we provide PageDuty's product and licensing at a discount for uh, nonprofit and social enterprise and B Corps. Uh, so .org um, comprises those three components, our, our strategic and our integrated philanthropy, our employee giving and volunteerism, uh, our, how we work with our nonprofits through our product donation and nonprofit success. And then we've introduced this new level, a uh, new pillar of ESG, uh, and then kind of a fifth pillar around communications. And how do we ensure that we're also leveraging PagerDuty's platform as a company to 
bring visibility, to amplify, to inform, to advocate for key issues. So I think that's also a really important uh, tool in how companies think about their influence in society. And we're seeing that increasingly more, of course, in the, the recent years. Um, and I, I mean, even beyond 2020, uh, before that, but I really think there was a strong uptick that in, in company advocacy in 2016. And how large is the team? Our team is essentially three people. We have um, my colleague, Nisha. We have a fantastic social impact fellow, Tamar. And then I also kind of leverage the expertise and experience of uh, outside support and, and contractors at, for different projects. For ESG, for example, or creating our first impact report, which we released in March. Um, so those are some examples of but where we're engaging others. So with all the strategic initiatives you have going on, you have a, a lean team, which is not uncommon for social impact teams. How are you thinking about the the future for the .org in terms of how, you know, headcount and things like that and just overall growth of the program? Yeah, so, and perhaps I've, I've minimized that, but we have just hired our first director to build out our nonprofit go-to-market program. I'm very excited for this individual to start next month. And then we have two open recs. One is for um, a director to build out our ESG and sustainability, and one is a philanthropy lead. And then also some marketing support we're resourcing. And so as you see, kind of I mapped out these five pillars, our employee experience, our product, our integrated philanthropy, our ESG, and our communications. And now I'm finally getting um, some more ground support underneath them. And I'm excited for that because part of what kind of my own journey in social impact really started in that being a learner and in that thought leadership as I was writing and interviewing people and uh, you know presenting my own views and dissecting different issues um, and building community around that. When I first got into this work, I was living in Los Angeles. And I will tell you that there's not a lot of social impact at the time, 2007 and 2008, there's not, there wasn't a big social impact community. So I was searching people through friends of a friend and, and gathering people in my you know, apartment living room to talk about what is this work and what's the intersection across the industries that we're seeing and how do we move this forward? And so, you know, that is part, I've been in deep practitioner mode the past three years at PagerDuty, building out the platform that we have now. And there's, you know, you can clearly say, I think we're at a significant inflection and acceleration point. Um, and I'm looking forward to growing our team over the next couple of months so that I, you know, with the intent to be able to, to re-enter more of a community and community building and thought leadership. So now from Yahoo to PagerDuty, you have extensive experience building social impact programs from scratch. What advice would you give somebody who is at that point in time where they want to build something at their company, they just don't know where to start? What are some of the, the you know two to three things that you can, like pieces of advice that you can give them to you know, start on the right foot? Great question. One is figure out where what matters to the company, right? It may be it may be about a product narrative or getting the product in term, into the hands of a different type of user, or specific, either like maybe it's specific nonprofit vertical. So if you have a, a product to take crisis response, I was sharing that earlier, you know, maybe your product is really terrific for crisis response organizations. So you want to think about how do you engage, start with that as the, um, 
the opening of your strategy, or maybe it's around the culture or inclusion and diversity or kind of the an environmental footprint. So what is materially important to the business that counts a lot, right? That goes back to our first part about how is social impact a business driver? I, you know, my most challenging times to be candid are when I think, oh my gosh, we've got to make this more than window dressing. And it, it to be very clear, it is not window dressing at pager duty, but you were still kind of some, in some cases, fighting against this idea that the social impact is the nice to have. It's kind of like the cultural checkbox. And so really being consistently cognizant of what are the business drivers, how do you map to that? And then the second piece I would say is, you know, find your internal champions. And this could be ERG, employee resource groups. It could be a specific kind of executive. Um, who are your partners internally that can help to give voice to this, the importance of this and help you sort of socialize it, help influence um, and provide input. So that, I think those are, and I think kind of the third piece is attempt focus and self-compassion. Perfect. Okay, last question for you. Now, when you think about your career, what is the most meaningful thing about being in the social impact profession? I was just like several stories I could tell about this, but it is the fact that I, my job is to think through how does a multi-million dollar company that genuinely cares. I have the CEO, Jennifer Tejada, who hired me. She genuinely cares. She had done her research. She is well-versed in this. And my role is to be the steward of this opportunity and vision for a company that wants to drive impact through its resources. And that is really exciting because there is, as we all know, immense need. And when you are inundated by the need every day, I get to stop and say, well, it's my job to work on that professionally. And that uh, is inspiring. It's an absolutely meaningful profession. Olivia, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your story and telling us a little bit about PagerDuty and all the social impact efforts. Thanks so much, Jeremy. This episode is brought to you by Social Impact World, the exclusive community for social impact leaders. To learn more, go to www.socialimpactworld.com. I'm Jeremy Brown, and thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Behind the Impact.